Today we have a different kind of episode. As we approach the end of the year, one of my favorite things to do is to reflect on this year that is coming to an end and start visioning for the new year. I come from Russia and for us the new year is the biggest holiday of the entire year. The whole country gets about a week off and we gather with families and friends and we exchange gifts and we eat and we drink and we celebrate and we reflect and we toast and we tune into what we would like to bring into the new year and what we're ready to shed and leave behind. I find this exercise to be such a beautiful and profound invitation into presence that really occurs beyond time and helps us find those places in our hearts where we felt alive, access those dreams and challenges and lessons and be in awe of it all. I did an episode like this two years ago, and it actually still is one of the most downloaded episodes of all time. And what's interesting is I was revisiting the questions that I sat with two years ago. I find that my questions that I'm guided to be with this year are very different. And this past year has been a year of so much growth, expansion, but most of all, forgetting and shedding ways and thoughts that are no longer mine, or maybe never were mine, to truly step into the simplicity of who I am. In Tao Te Ching, Lao Tzu talks about knowledge being something that we collect and wisdom being something that we embody. Those are my words. The direct quote is, those who seek knowledge collect something every day. Those who seek the way let go of something every day. And this is really the intention of all of these exercises, is to be present with the life that you're living, be present with the emotions and experiences that you're moving through, become very clear with what you would like to experience more of, because you are a powerful creator, and your thoughts, your words, your way of being, all of that is what creates your reality in every single moment. And that's why taking this intentional time to create your reality is one of the most important things to do. And once you do, it's not so much about chasing the specific goals and accomplishments, which was quite a big part of the previous iteration of these journaling prompts, but it's more so about embodying a certain way of being and being present in your heart, being playful, being open. Being right here, right now, playing it moment by moment. In this episode, I will share the journaling prompts and share my answers to some of those questions. And if you want to access the list of all of the questions so you can do this ritual with yourself or maybe with your family or a group of friends, it's really awesome to do it with a group of friends who witness you and elevate you and help you think bigger. I've done this before and it's truly one of the biggest gifts. So I'm going to post this on kseniabrief.com. I will put the direct link in the show notes wherever you're listening to this so you can find it with ease. And that's where you can find the questions without my answers sprinkled in between. I hope that some of the things I share help you drop deeper into your own heart and into your own knowing. 
I am so excited to share with you that my number one podcasting tool since day one of this podcast, Zencaster, has become a new sponsor to the show. Check out the discount link in show notes and stay tuned for why I love using Zen for the podcast. All right, so we're going to start reflecting on this current year that is coming to an end. And the first question is, what interactions and experiences made me feel connected? Oh man, where do I begin? I will begin at the top. In the beginning of last year, me and a group of close friends, we went on a shamanic journey together, and that was one of the most profound experiences of my life. My intention was to experience ecstasy in my body, and that's exactly what I got. I felt so connected to all the realms, and I got so much clarity in so many areas of my life, one of them being moving forward on my wedding. So with the support of my friends who I journeyed with, I ended up taking the leap to have an adventure of a lifetime wedding, to let go of any ideas that were not in alignment with how I and my partner Eric, my husband Eric, wanted to do it and truly go for the wildest dreams. We ended up going to a South African lodge called Londolozi that is committed to restoring the land, providing opportunities to people, and restoring the animal kingdom as well through restoring the land. It's all connected in such a beautiful way. So instead of spending an enormous amount of money on a venue for a wedding that I never saw myself having anyway, we ended up doing it in our own way. And we had it at the Londolozi Lodge and we had a celebration over Zoom with a small group of close people. And during our time there, the animal interactions that I got to have was like nothing I'd ever experienced before being so close to the rhinos and the lions and actually The day of my wedding, I got to see mating leopards and a baby rhino, which was so rare to see and was beyond my wildest dreams. While I was there, I also received a healing. Well, it was called a massage, but truly was one of the most profound shamanic journeys I have gone on from one of the healers there. And I got taken to so many realms and I felt this high voltage of the frequency of love move through my body in such an overwhelming way that I am still trying to put the words to it and I'm still trying to understand it. But it's really one of those experiences that is beyond words and my takeaway from it was that I am the frequency of love and all I need to do through my life is to just allow myself to embody it, to shed whatever is not that and to walk in life as the frequency of love that I am, that we all are. And on the walk back to our room from that healing experience, I got touched by a monkey, which is exactly the kind of scene that Martha Beck describes in her book, Finding Your Way in the Wild New World, one of my favorite books, where she was staying at the same exact lodge and she was, had an experience with monkeys where she got chased by them and touched by them. And it was very interesting. I was holding that experience as something that I would like to potentially have and on my very last walk through the grounds of Londolozi, that's exactly what happened. And then I was guided to spread some of the incense that I had, some of the sage that I had, 
give it to the land and honor the land before we left. And as I was doing that, I noticed that there was something laying on the ground on the edge of the terrace where I was standing. So I ended up climbing down and there was this beautiful ostrich feather that now lives on my altar and reminds me of this healing experience. One of the most memorable experiences about Londolozi, besides the animals, nature, and the incredible food, is hands down the people. The way that they listen to you and remember every little detail of what you're interested in and how you like to spend your time and then create experiences around it was like something I'd never experienced before. One of those things being that when the pandemic started, one of the ways that I stayed connected to nature while being locked down in the city is listening to 40 Days and 40 Nights, a podcast where Boyd Vardy, whose family owns the Londolozi Lodge, explore the archetype of mystic in nature and how consciousness changes outside of the structures of modern lives and what it means to be wild. So during those 40 days and 40 nights, he lived in a treehouse on the Londolozi land. And I really wanted to experience what it was like to be surrounded by the trees and the animals and the monkeys and the team at Londolozi ended up organizing a surprise breakfast exactly on the little platform, that little treehouse. And it was so special. Boyd has been a guest on my podcast on episode 130. And he is one of my very favorite people to listen to on podcasts, on audiobooks. He has this book called The Lion Tracker's Guide to Life. And it's a very quick read and a very profound and moving read that transports you into the African savanna and into the jungle of your own heart. It's interesting and very meta to think how listening to others experience in nature can drop us deeper into experiencing the nature around us, whether we're in the city or in the forest, and from that, help us drop into the nature that's within. As within, so without. And having those experiences in Africa did give me access to being present even more deeply with hummingbirds and deer, raccoons and possums in our own backyard in the Catskills. One of the other experiences that comes to heart is the day that the mastermind that I was leading this past year was launching. It was the spring solstice and I woke up at sunrise, right before sunrise, climbed up the hill where we live to watch the sun and do a little ritual of connecting to the elements, connecting to the sun, and creating the space for a transformative experience for everyone involved in the mastermind, the participants, myself, all the guest teachers, and everyone who in some way was impacted by it. And I felt that me setting that ritual and setting that intention ended up holding the space for the whole length of the mastermind And it was really special to be held by nature like that. And I also found a big birch tree, which reminds me of Russia, next to my office on our property. That was my tree that would hold me in moments where I felt like I can't hold it myself. Something is just so unclear or complicated or I don't know how to handle or in moments of doubt that I can hold this massive container of transformation for Myself and everyone involved, I would just give it to the tree and allow myself to be held by the earth, by the mycelial networks, and by the elements. Trees have become a big part of my experience, especially lately, 
When I'm in the midst of an internal storm in my life, I think about the trees and I think how they just stand tall and they continue being trees. They're not overthinking it. They're not planning for the future of what's going to happen after the storm. They're not judging it. They're not gossiping about it. They're just being. And there's this immense level of trust and pure presence that I continue learning from the trees. Another experience that I am going to hold near and dear is a birthday trip to Austin with some of my closest friends. While we were there, we got together with our Austin guide, dear friend Aaron Rose, and he took us to the Barton Springs where we got to swim while we watched the sunrise, followed by some local tacos and juice and coffee. And that morning was hands down one of my favorite moments of the entire year and probably my entire life. And then in July, I made a trip, a last minute trip to Russia to visit my family. And as we are thinking about expanding our family, I felt really called to create this space of presence and healing. I wasn't sure exactly what kind of healing needed to be done, but I knew that it had to be done in person with my own family and with my ancestral line. And the way that it ended up looking is going to Russia, going to our country house and spending a week there with my family and insisting on a road trip to the place where our old country house used to be, a place that I've mentioned many times on this podcast where me and my sister and my mom would spend a lot of the summers with grandparents sometimes, neighbors, gardens, and it was this very primal, wild way of living where my favorite activity was mushroom foraging, which I consider to be truly one of my first moments and passageways into connecting to nature outside and also within me. So we ended up taking a trip there in July. I filmed the whole thing. I haven't made a vlog on YouTube yet, but stay tuned for that. I'm listening to the whisper from spirit to act on that. It was a very surreal moment to visit that forest for the first time in about a decade and just sit in the fields and sit under the trees, forage some berries, forage some mushrooms, and think about all the moments that made me who I am. All of the moments of heartbreak, falling in love with local boys and being rejected, moments of mystical magic, of songs, of connecting to my grandfather who is a lifelong guide for me. His name is Viva. And these moments of pure joy and moments of pure resistance when my mom wanted me to work in the garden and I really didn't want to, but that was the rule that we had to do a little bit of work on the property before we could go and hang with our friends and how much all of it is serving me now, now that we live on a bigger property in the Catskills, we have a garden and I have some understanding of what it takes to be on the land and be a steward of the land, which I wouldn't have had if I hadn't had those experiences. I remember when I first started my podcast, it seemed like solving a tech puzzle. But I've been using Zencaster since day one, and it's made it so easy. It provides crystal clear sound and gorgeous HD video. What I love about it is that it records separate audio and video tracks for me and my guests, so the editing process is a lot more customized. Plus, there's secured cloud backup, so I've never lost an episode. It's super easy to use. There's nothing to download. My guests just have to click the link and we start recording. 
I am a huge fan of Zencaster and I haven't even tried the Rad Extra functions yet, like post-production and transcriptions. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and enter promo code Xenia to get 30% off your first three months with pro account or try it for free with a hobbyist account. That is Z-N-C-A-S-T-R.com forward slash pricing. Promo code Xenia, K-S-E-N-I-A, or click the link in the show notes. It's time to share your story. All right, this first prompt was definitely the one where I had the longest answer. Let's move on to the next one. What media, books, movies, shows, podcasts moved me, and what are the top lessons I took away from them? The movie that stands out is Soul, and with it, the invitation to enjoy simple moments in life. The show that I got into was Game of Thrones, and to me, it was such a doorway into exploring worlds beyond imaginable. And also, when I watch something that is so grand in so many ways, I can't help but think about the imagination of the person who wrote that and the author who tapped into all of these dimensions and worlds and allowed himself and had that courage to bring forth into this world all of those stories and all of those characters that are still impacting so many and expanding the minds and consciousness of so many. I just get so inspired by the creative process and I really bow down to all of you creatives who stand on your path in your truth and allow yourself to listen to the spirit and bring it forth. The book that comes to mind is The Way of Integrity by Martha Beck. There was an exercise where you tap into your fears, anything that's holding you back in the present moment, and then you bookmark that and go back into your past, think about fears that you used to have before, and have the current version of you go back to the previous version of you that was in your old fears, and hold you in the knowing that it's all going to be okay. Hold you in the knowing it's all going to be all right. And so then we go back to the current fears and imagine the higher self version of you. What would she say? What would he, what would they say to you in this moment? And how would they support you in moving forward and trusting that it's all going to work out in the highest and best case scenario? Next question is, what are some things, big or small, that sparked joy this year? Mine is definitely hanging out with horses that live next to us. We got to be quite close with some of them. We bring them apples and celery, and they started recognizing us, I think. And one of them had a baby, a colt, and we're getting closer to the possibility of him coming close to us so we can pet him. But hanging around animals and horses is definitely one of the highlights of my life at all times. I love animals. I'm someone who watches animal documentaries at all times. And there's something profoundly healing for me in observing animals and their way of being. Because there's no pretense. There's no overthinking. Just like the trees, there's this pure life force being. And I'm really moved by that. Another moment that sparked joy and really moved me this past year is we had a little Zoom birthday celebration for my nephew who turned 14. And 
I was asking him about when he's going to be ready to open up the box for the gift that we sent him. And he made it very clear that he was there for the connection and for talking to all of us, his relatives, and that the gift is nice, but that's not what he is there for. And he said it with such genuine heart. And it really profoundly moved me because at that age, to have that awareness of connection and family is really something. Next prompt is, what do I want to celebrate and acknowledge in the area of self-expression in the world and work? For me, a major theme of this year has been integration. If you have been following my journey, you know that I have been changing my Instagram handles. I've changed my podcast name twice, and it's been this massive wave of swooping away anything that was there to look good or anything that was there in a way where I thought it would lead me to something, it would lead me to some sort of ephemeral success and only leave what was truly me, only leave what was helping me stand further in my truth and be paid to be me in the world. That's really the concept that feels really present that I have been stepping into and embodying in my self-expression this past year. Something that I also really enjoyed in self-expression is capturing Eric and sharing some of his obsessive creations on my platforms, one of them being him building an igloo earlier this year and that going viral and being picked up by BuzzFeed and so many other publications and accounts. And just that one igloo building that obsessive igloo building it was such a representation and a true capture of who he is as a character who just chooses a vision and won't stop until it's done, figures everything out, even if he has no prior experience. And since the beginning of the year, starting with igloo, it has moved into me capturing his origami sculptures more. And it's been such a fun co-creation to be there in the presence of him listening to source listening to his creative vision and bringing it to life, bringing to life something that no one has done before, the way that he mixes materials and colors and crystals is just something, it feels like portals into other dimensions. And it also feels like devices to communicate with other civilizations. It's really cool. And if you haven't seen it yet, you can check out his Instagram at Eric Brief. It's really fun and we're just getting started. We also have been minting, which is the concept of taking your work and making it into digital NFT artwork. We have minted our first Crystal Criminals grid this past year, and that's been a fun experience to just learn how it all works. The world of NFTs is definitely something that is calling my attention and my heart, and there's a lot of exploration that I know Eric and I individually and together as well. We'll be diving into more in the coming year. We also completed the renovation and the decor of our tiny cabin, our home in the Catskills, and did a tour for apartment therapy, which felt like such a treat. And then I also hired a visual consultant to help me get clear and reignited about my self-expression on Instagram, and that was super fun. I also tried on my first digital outfit through the company called DressX. 
That's where you send in a photo of you and you choose an outfit and you pay for it and they send you a photo back of you wearing that outfit. It's really cool and digital fashion just has so many interesting um, playful uses that I think are coming up. And I also shared my first spoken word pieces online on TikTok and on Instagram. And that's been something a little bit out of my comfort zone, but super, super fun. What themes and areas of life were most prominent this year? Mine were integration, partnership, adventure, receiving, trusting. What am I most grateful for this year? I am super grateful for Eric, my friends and mentors and family and holding me through some of the most challenging situations I've been in this past year. I am super grateful for my friends Jasmine and Hillary's support in planning our wedding and for Hillary's Akashic Record readings that helped us tune into the highest vision we had for our partnership celebrated through our wedding. And that's what really got us clear on going to Londolozi and having that kind of alternative safari wedding. And then I'm really grateful for Jasmine who led me through the process that she leads people through, her clients through, in transforming grief into presence when my grandmother Allah died earlier this year. And she brought me into this knowing that when someone in our family passes, part of their magic lives on in the world through us. What did I learn this year that expanded me? Oh man, so much. This past six months, I've been working with Michelle Asine from episode 145 as my mentor. And there are, have been so many takeaways. I could do a whole other episode just on that. One of them is that every single thought and energetic vibration is important and gets weaved into what you're creating, whether that's a business project or a creative project, a relationship. There are no small issues because it all gets woven together into whatever it is that you're doing. So it's not what you do, but how you do it and what your intention behind it is. And now before I do anything at all, I tune in deeply with the presence of my heart into the why behind it. If I have any doubts about working with someone or about anyone else's intentions, I always just bring that presence and that loving curiosity by asking them what their intention is and why they want to do what they want to do. I've also been learning to co-create with source in the area of business, partnership, finances, everywhere learning that I'm always guided and supported and how co-creating with source is the most important thing. The outward interaction, the likes, the comments, the downloads is none of my business. Same with my work with clients. My job is to come in as a pure vessel and deliver whatever medicine is meant to be brought forth into the world and then how it impacts them, how they perceive it, what they think about it is none of my business. Because the way that I can be my pure frequency is the highest contribution to the world that I can make. And if there's any pretense or trying to do something because I think it's the right thing, that's already too much right there. There was one other huge shift that occurred within my working with Michelle on a journey that I went on, a shamanic journey. And I ended up actually sharing that journal entry in a YouTube video called The Spirit of Content, where I was very clearly shown by spirit how the present moment where something happens is where the alchemy is. 
And then when that content gets captured and shared afterwards, that is more of a PS. So our job as content creators, as storytellers, is to allow ourselves to be as present as possible within the alchemy of the moment in each moment. How much presence can you bring? And then see how we can capture that and share that. But the sharing is not there to take away from the presence. And we have to remember to be mostly present in the sharing. And then everything else is more like a playful game. Another lesson that came in very strongly is trusting my soul's zigzaggy journey. I did a whole solo episode on that one that I'm going to link to in the show notes. And it was such a playful and profound journey of remembering that my job is to be present with what's in front of me and trusting that what's in front of me is exactly what's here for my highest expansion. And knowing that everything is divinely timed and trusting that the zigs and the zags are just as important part of the journey as walking forward. With that, I'm also practicing letting go of the idea of linearity, knowing that all of the dimensions exist all at once and that there is no such thing as linear success. Linear success at this point to me sounds boring and so do any linear, tangible human accomplishments. It's more so measured by it, I guess I mean, the richness of life and the fulfillment in life is more so measured by the presence we can bring to each moment and the love and the softness that we can walk the world with. All right, I am recording this later in the day. Eric and I are actually in Portland. We are visiting to try all the food spots and go to a Bella Fleck concert, go mushroom foraging, explore the incredibly mossy nature here. And I went to pick him up from his rolfing session. I had one earlier today as well. And it's a type of body work that restructures your body to its own intelligence. One session so far and it already feels very powerful and very empowering as well. Anyway, we just got back to our Airbnb from a ramen dinner and we're back up to the reflection questions. The next question is, what did I discover about myself? And for me, one of the biggest discoveries has been something that was a blind spot. And that's just how much self-criticism occurs in my brain. I learned that it's a default mode for a lot of my thoughts and just how addicted to fear I've been. My mentor helped me see it and in learning to see it and acknowledge it, I am also learning to forgive myself and remember that I can choose which thoughts I believe. And by reinforcing the new neural patterns, I can let go of the ones that just don't serve me anymore. With that, the next prompt is I forgive myself for, and it's exactly that, I forgive myself for the self-criticism, I forgive myself for judging myself for when I feel lost, for wanting to please others and be understood, and at times for putting that above my own connection with source and above my own self-expression. What I'm excited to leave in this year is struggle, fighting, needing to prove myself. And as we move on to the visioning for the coming year, 
what I'm inviting into my experience in the coming year is in terms of big things, first of all, is one guided to take the next steps in creating our next home. I feel that it will be in Austin. I'm really craving community and I'm craving access to the city. Right now we're quite removed. So I'm excited to live a life that is rooted in nature, but still in proximity to a city and to a community so that if a friend or someone I love is hosting like a cow circle or a healing journey or a music concert so that I can choose to hop in my car and go on a road trip, put on my favorite podcast and in 30 minutes be there. What I'm inviting into my experience in terms of the little things is empowered style, really making sure that everything in my wardrobe is something that I love, something that feels good on my body. Someone who comes from a fashion background, from image consulting, I have been finding all these new dimensions to style as a form of visual artistic self-expression that helps me step into my truth, as well as style as something that can help me love my body more. Lately, I've had this very distinct urge to switch to natural fabrics. I've never been that person. And now anytime I buy something like a polyester sweatshirt, I just don't feel at home in my body. It doesn't feel good against my skin. So I've been strategically switching to organic cotton and alpaca sweaters and merino wool with Eric's support because he's a big fan of merino wool and alpaca fibers. So that is something I'm excited to do more of in this coming year. And I'm also excited to invite in more joyful movement. Right now that looks like yoga, sometimes um, weight training. And I'm excited to try more Pilates, maybe dance, and generally more music. This next prompt is one of my very favorites that I will continue visiting over and over again. And that is the ways I am excited to embody in the coming year. I am excited to embody being present, playful, stylish, forgiving, grateful, courageous, and fun. And I would also like to set the intention to drop into my presence and into my heart before I speak. Next question is what is my intention for the coming year encapsulated in one word or phrase? flow like the water. It's interesting as I was writing these intentions earlier today, I was planning to go on a mushroom foraging trip with a local mushroom guy and I was so excited about it. It sounded like such a dreamy experience that I dreamed into existence and then at the very last moment tonight I got a text saying that it's not going to be possible and immediately Eric was so upset for me he knew how much I was looking forward to the experience, but something within me just remembered that I've set this intention to flow like the water, to trust where I'm being guided and trust that the divine orchestration is way more expansive, perfect, and timely than anything that I could create with my own mind. What are the practices and rituals I'm looking forward to for my physical, emotional, and spiritual health? I will be continuing my meditation practice. I recently came back to more consistent meditation, mostly in the mornings, mostly in silence. 
sometimes followed by breathwork. I love the Wim Hof breathwork on YouTube. Continuing my yoga practice, the more the better. My body feels so good, even if it's just 10 minutes of yoga with Adrian in the morning. And I also want to continue exploring music or voice lessons. I have been drawn to drums before. I still have a hand drum that I love. And I'm very called and have been called for a long time to explore my voice as an instrument that can help me connect deeper within myself to both my physical voice and beyond that to my energetic voice and what I'm here to share in the world. Speaking of, that is the next prompt. What are some ways I am excited to express myself in the world? My guiding words that come to heart are integrated, sovereign, unapologetic me. Embodying the idea of being paid to be fully out myself, trusting divine timing and guidance from spirit, and how I am called to show up, whether that's on YouTube, podcast, TikTok, or something else, and really releasing any weight and expectations that I've been putting on myself for not showing up or not acting in accordance to some of my more strategic and logical goals, and really knowing that. If I am called to spend the whole weekend in Eric's workshop capturing his origami sculpture creations, and that's where my joy lies, that that's what's meant to be. And the fact that if I wasn't able to get to publish any YouTube video that weekend, it's all divinely orchestrated, and it's important to follow my highest joy and my highest excitement. I also want to explore creating experiential and transformational NFTs. I've been diving into the world of understanding cryptocurrency, NFTs, having some very fascinating conversations, and I think there's a lot to be explored, so I will be keeping you updated as I do that on my Instagram at xenia.brief. And the final prompt is to write a note to yourself from the future. What would your higher self tell you now as you reflect on this year and create a vision for your next year? And my note is pretty short. I love you. You got this. Trust the flow. Have fun and treat yourself. Thank you for following me on my journey of reflecting and creating this vision. If you'd like to get these prompts in writing, just head over to kseniabrief.com and find the show notes for episode 181. And if you're curious to check my previous prompts from the last couple of years, you can check that out as well. I'll link all of this in the show notes. And if you're called to share some of your answers with me, I would love to witness you in what you're reflecting on, what you're celebrating, and what you are creating. So make sure you tag me at ksenia.brief. I know that as soon as I submit this file to my editor and publish it, there will be a whole flow of so many other revelations, realizations, and prompts that will come to me. And I'm just going to release that and trust that whatever has been recorded and whatever will be shared here is exactly the perfect combination of words and energies and frequencies for the highest good of everyone who encounters it. Thank you for tuning in, but mostly thank you for taking the time to truly create the space to be with your soul to listen to the guidance to celebrate yourself so important to pause and celebrate yourself 
and to create the kind of vision that you want to live into in the next year. And as you do that, as always, make sure you leave some space for miracles. If you're moved by what was shared in this episode and not sure how to take action, start by writing it down. When we notice abundance and clarity in all shapes and forms and honor it, it grows. And if you're called to share the podcast with someone who you know is ready to receive it, follow that. Find all episodes, show notes, and current offerings on KseniaBrief.com. Subscribe to Xenia Brief Podcast on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a review, and take one deep breath into the knowing that's already within you.